Get ready, cause it's about time for you to speak your mind. Secret Girls Club. XOXO Gossip Girl. <laughs> Love it. Hi. Hi. Oh, we are here. We are live. Finally. For the last time for season one. Hot girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. We so have fast. celebrated with uh, a bottle of champagne. It's gone. It's oh. gone. Yeah, we got some Chapagne and really early in the morning. <laughs> it's a surprisingly good start to the day. It was. Um, mm. It was better than the tequila last week. Yes. 110%. When also, I heard you guys took a shot of tequila, I was like, 9 a.m. in the morning? 9.30 okay. a.m. Because that's oh. what you should do. No, <laughs> this is America. Do not try this at home. Is America so drinking tequila? <laughs> yes. <I guess> oh. So... <laughs> Americans will drink any liquor. Oh, the, the, the tequila head visa. I don't know. Is that mm. a read or is it true? <laughs> no idea. All, All right. right. So, hi. Um, <laughs> it's funny because the tequila is actually on topic. Uh, today, we are going to talk about um, our different cultural backgrounds. We have three different individuals here that are um, American citizens, but uh, probably, I think all of us were born somewhere else. Uh, I don't know about you, Brie. No, I think I was. I'm. I think the. I'm the only person in my family beside me and my dad are the only people born in America. Okay, okay. so we have one person born in America. We well, um, can be president. But yeah. oh, that's true. I fucking can't. I cannot. Mm-mm, but you guys can be a really hot vice presidents. Cool. Hot, really hot button issues. Cool, cool, oh, cool. I can be vice president um, if I'm not born here. Mm-hmm. Oh, learn something new. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, and basically, that's what we are going to talk about here. Um, you know, the places where we were born or cultures that influenced our upbringing, uh, our identities, who we actually consider ourselves to be, um, all of our different labels. We'll talk about it all today. Um, I hope that you can relate to our conversations. Chris, it would be nice if we could see the chat. And uh, without further ado, <laughs> you guys usually pull up for the chat. No, uh, you show it on the side here for us every time. Okay. okay, so I would like each one of us to talk about the following questions. Okay. Please right. answer where you're where were you born? We already answered that. Um, are you a dual citizen? Um, are you bilingual? Mm. And uh, <laughs> talk about basically like what countries affected like you as a person that you are now like the culture the language and whatnot so let's answer one by one starting with Navi. okay cool um yeah this is Navi. everybody <laughs> didn't know about me so i was actually born in india uh, to be specific in state of northwest side called punjab i moved punjab. here to new york when i was a year old Stayed there for six years. I'm not going to say what year I was born. And then went back to India because my parents wanted us to learn our culture, our language, and all that shebang. Especially growing up in New York at that time because it was just a hot pot of all the cultures. They were just afraid that we're going to lose who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And they wanted us to preserve that. I have a question. Yeah. So when you lived in New York, did you guys live in like an Indian district? Or... Um, I don't know if there was an Indian district, but the apartment building that we lived in, there were Indian people there. Um, mm-hmm. So we were in Flushings, and then we lived in Brooklyn. 
uh, for a few yeah for a few years um so i just i remember my dad moved here he was here before i was born mm-hmm. and he had a bunch of friends so essentially they were our family there still are there's still some of them live in new york so that's where we go stay with them if we do mm-hmm. um so we essentially live very close knit closer whichever but mm-hmm. i don't know if we have like indian thing in new york i'm pretty sure there is um, yeah. like indian town i know there's like a chinatown and korea town and that they all live like in that I, i'm not vicinity. Sure. I, I don't think there's like an official town you know there's like italian town and stuff yeah, yeah. a little italy um indians everywhere man but yeah i i remember <laughs> and i don't i don't know where in new york we were but there was like we were passing on a bus and it was just like a whole bazaar oh it's just like and i i, I don't even know what culture because i'm ignorant of that like, yeah. so i couldn't like figure out who Who's bizarre it was, it was. <laughs> but it was it was wild it was like a whole block fair enough i'm pretty sure there is but i was so young like i was like mm-hmm. a year old when i moved and i left when i was six mm-hmm. um but i know like in chicago there's a street called devon street that's all indian like i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure oh there is actually a couple of streets in new york as well we did live close to it because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of like gold jewelers and all that stuff. Okay. Um, but I don't like specifically have that vivid memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then we went back to India. I stayed there for 10 years, went to school there. Um, oh, I had no idea you were there that long. Yeah, I was in India for 10 <laughs> years and then moved back here in 2006. So I've been here since 2006. I've been in America longer then um, I was in India for sure, but always I was in India as a younger. So I learned the culture, learned the language, did not keep most of my culture when I moved here, but learned all of that. <laughs> um, I'm trilingual. I know English pretty well. I can read, write. I know Hindi and Punjabi. I can mm-hmm. read it, I can speak it. I cannot unfortunately write it anymore um, because mm-hmm. those characters are so similar. So when I try to write it, I mix it up so I can read it. I can speak really well, um, just cannot write it for like I didn't God. know that Punjabi and Hindi had different characters. Mm-hmm. All the languages similar um so, so the char- there are some characters that are very similar but they are different languages. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so like all languages in India, they say like there are thousand languages, they're all different languages. They're not dialects. They are mm-hmm. different languages yeah. with very different characters somewhere like if like Languages in South India, their characters are so different than mm-hmm. like characters for Punjabi. And then you go like Pakistan, it's Urdu. It looks very close to Arabic. It looks nothing like mm-hmm. um, Hindi or Punjabi is written. But when it's spoken, I can understand it because it sounds Hindi. Huh. I believe the term is for that sort of style of character. Oh, is it? Abrigado? Yeah. Okay. I thought abrigado was just thank you in Portuguese. <laughs> man no idea i have no idea no idea but yeah i don't know what the other questions were um have you experienced any other countries for like an extended period of time to the point it affected you i mean beside india like india and america are two big Mm -hmm. countries that like really impacted me because i was in both of those countries for a really significant long of time Mm -hmm. um and it has it's still a thing that I do live with it because you know like you grow up with one culture for your whole life and then you realize oh there's this another culture that I may like better so how do I merge this together Mm -hmm. what do I keep also making your parents happy Mm -hmm. um so it yeah like India is a very 
very conservative as America is at some points and some points it's not. Pick and choose. Uh-huh. Pick, yeah, pick and choose. And what do you pick and choose when you're outside the house and inside the house? So <laughs> that that's, that's always been a thing. But So yeah. one more question for you then. Do you consider yourself an American or Indian? Or both? Whatever my passport says, <laughs> but, baby. Yeah, I'm what am I? Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not a dual citizen. I can't have dual citizenship, unfortunately. Um, American does, citizen. Does India not allow you to be dual? Oh. No, no. And I Gosh. think America. Um, well, um, India could. They have started this visa that I could have. That's like permanent visa, but it's still a visa. Yes. Um, it's not a citizenship. It's not a residency either. Mm-mm, it's no. just you can come and visit and then you go home. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the only reason I can have it because my parents are Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a criteria for me to get that, uh, but I'm not a dual citizen. I've never been Indian citizen, actually. I've mm-hmm. always been Amer- like American citizen because my dad was citizen, so I got it as soon as I was born. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I don't know why I don't have Indian citizenship because I was born there. I need to look yeah. into they that. Have so many years, like some people don't live. I need to look into it. I knew it really didn't care for it, so I didn't really look into it. But I will. <laughs> I will have to look into it. Uh, why that wasn't a thing? Um, mm-hmm. But I forgot the question. The mm-hmm. question. Uh, Basically, do you consider yourself an American? Or I Indian? consider. I think you answered it. Yeah, I consider <laughs> myself American. Um, I. For a really long time, I tried to push away my Indianness. Um, like I wasn't friends with people who were Indian, um, mm. just because the whole culture. Like I really wanted to not be American, but not be Indian either. I just, I just wanted to be like find out what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very recent. Like actually, normies are my true Indian friends, like true brown friends. Like I was so against making any brown friends until I met this whole <laughs> group of normies and then all of a sudden I had nothing but brown friends. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> That's how they have to happen. Yeah, and then, I was like, and then I was like going to parties that was also brown. I was like, I don't know any of you guys, but apparently all of you guys know each other. Oh um, God. Yeah, so I'm like mixing together. I'm, I will call myself American because American itself is like a big hot pot of all the cultures and I like mm-hmm. that. I love that it's like, we can embrace everything, and also America has its own thing. That's 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 its own yeah. that every country does. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, American. That's what I consider myself. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Let's move to Brie. Tell us all the beads. Yeah. What were the questions? So, <laughs> where were you born? Okay. Which you answered. Um, are you a dual citizen? Are you bilingual? And <sighs> any other countries besides the two that you will mention? That is hilarious that you guys chose France. <laughs> so my mom is a Jamaican, born okay. in Jamaica, born in St. Andrews. Um, Kingston, really, is what we tell people. Mm-hmm. And my father is American. So I was born in Fort Lauderdale, but when I was three, I moved to Germany to the whole uh, cycle of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, was through, moved to Germany, lived in Germany for six years, moved back to the U.S. for six years, then we moved back to Germany for three or four years, okay. and then moved in, and lived in Paris for four and a half years. Oh wow! Okay, and then now we're back in Indianapolis, and so yes, there's a lot of a lot of countries have been an influence. Um, we visited a lot. I think on my phone somewhere, my mom and I are having a race. She's trying to do 50 countries before 50, and we're trying to do 30 countries before 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm at like at 17 or 18. Oh wow! So I need to, I need to oh, hurry to, up. Yeah, literally. Um, I got five years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two countries each year. You got it. And so um, I haven't been to many of the Caribbean ones. I actually haven't been to Jamaica yet either. So I'm looking forward to that. But we did have a very multicultural home. But also what I would describe my culture as a third culture kid. 
-hmm. a lot of military brats do the same because we move so much so it's more of a there was the military culture there's whatever culture of the host uh, country that we're living in truly yeah Mm -hmm. and then there was the things that my mom did things my dad did and they were always always interested in different cultures so there was um, a high influx Mm -hmm. there was a very global mind there Uh, I do find that when we move in the US we get more US minded but when we live outside the US we're very much of a global mindset Okay, mm-hmm. so I have a question about that. I guess it could be a question that come no, up ahead. later as well. Um, at home, so you just I guess mentioned a little bit like your family was wasn't like particular. We have to raise you with this culture in mind, but mm-hmm. like oh, we are global. We'll accept whatever wherever we are. It's more like okay. if you dig it, we dig it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I appreciate that a lot. Um, because, you know, I mean, we all do. Germany was a lot of fun. Uh, however, unfortunately, I didn't learn German because there was so... I always befriended bilingual friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't the pressure of me learning German. It was more my friends would be like, I got it. And that was kind of more of our habit because then I learned French. So when they came to France... I'm so sorry I keep hitting this. This is so close. <laughs> and when we would go to France, they'd be like, I don't know what's going on. And I'd be like, I got it. And then we would just keep um, going like that. Yeah, and yeah. so I really got the value of that. My mom, I mean, I guess some of the biggest check, the pressure was that my mom tried to make us religious. And then after a while, and it wasn't even a pressure, it was more like, do you guys want to go? And mm-hmm. we're like, yes. And then there, she was like, you know what? This structure of this church isn't working for me. Yeah. Let's go and all find our certain ways. And then my dad, though he wasn't religious, we would all just support. We would go and, 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 and uh, sit with her and the like. But that was the main pressure that we've had. Mm-hmm. Okay. More so culturally. I mean, the, the other culturally like, pressure is, I think it's more just the, the, African-American aspect of how important hair is. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother used to, before she called me, before she'd ask, how you're doing, she would ask, how's your hair? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. So Which what was boring. it like to take care of your hair in Europe? I had the PX. And let me tell you, that PX had all my money. Like, it is, <laughs> it is um, almost light and day from now. Because when I was in... Uh, university, there wasn't a lot of places that I could purchase like Shea Moisture mm-hmm. and uh, Cantu until my French professor, who is this beautiful bombshell of a Parisian, like the person you think who's real skinny, blonde, platinum hair, mm-hmm. but like blunt cut, gorgeous, had these gorgeous kids, living her best life in her apartment. She goes, Hey, you know, on the 10th, there's a lot of Africans, there's a lot of hair care. Yeah. I remember you telling me about Shea Moisture, they sell it yeah, at the, yeah. the store down, my, um, down the street from my apartment. Do you want to come to lunch and we can go? I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. Aww, and we went awesome. and oh, that's how I found it. But most of the time I would just buy like, we would <laughs> really buy like bulk of hair care and I just bring it with me to the university because I wasn't sure. But now it's great. Yeah. Even with so many biracial uh, kids in Germany because, you know, soldiers, you know, it was funny like i'm not finding a lot of the hair care that i need and now there's been a really big push for having everyone have access to that and i really like that especially with amazon amazon was a godsend when that amazon.de love you amazon.fr because you have to also pay the taxes for your item that you import to france yeah and sometimes you have to pay it at the postal service and if you got victoria's secrets one fact though i I didn't get it myself because that's not my vibe my friend had to pay almost the equivalent of what she ordered oh, from wow. the U.S. Victoria's Secrets at the postal office oh, to wow. get her things. Yeah, it's yeah. an adventure. Oh, Francis Finicky, and I love it. Yeah. yeah, no, I bet. Yeah, I didn't realize. I know those products, I see that more often now, like everywhere, like even like CBS yes. and Walgreens has it, but... Even yeah, sunscreens that fit your skin. Like, yeah. it, it, it blows my mind, but appreciate there's a push there. Mm-hmm. And we also traveled a lot, so there's a lot of things that we picked up and we do every day. Like, my dad makes eggs like Gordon Ramsay because he saw it on YouTube one time, but he makes his 
his, his other food like his friends because he saw it and he also l- worked in a Korean restaurant that I did not realize when he was younger so that's why he cracks his eggs a certain way oh. and the mom's similar and so it's, it's always a, a melting pot yeah we're usually I just, love it right we're just yeah. a, a family of chame- a chameleons I love yeah. that I love it Oh, cool. Well, moving to me, I guess. Yes. <laughs> what is up, Marketa? Which is like an extremely different, I think, story from everybody else. Oh, that's okay. I was actually um, what the Czech flag was like. Because I kept thinking it's Filipino and it's not. No. It's without the crescent, right? Yeah. Without the crescent. Oh, we well. don't do crescents. No. Mm-hmm. At all. <laughs> no crescents very in Czech. Against it. Very much against crescents. Um, my country is very homogenous culturally. So mm-hmm. I grew up very one way mm-hmm. um even including like the media that my parents would like let me to watch because there was like we had like really good like you know uh series and movies for kids so i didn't really get into the whole disney thing at all at all like i i watched like shrek yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like i watched like the newer movies um, but I didn't really get into like Mickey Mouse okay. at all. Like I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> so is it because is Czech, <laughs> Czech has their own production of television or filming? Yeah. Or so okay. we so back in back when Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia was still part of the Eastern Bloc, mm-hmm. we just kept importing um, like media from Russia. Gotcha, gotcha. So we uh-huh. would have like the um, uh, and anybody from Eastern Bloc is probably going to know what I'm talking about. But there is this cartoon about it's like tom and jerry but it's about a wolf and a rabbit yeah instead. i actually what are you talking about it's fucking hilarious um if it. you guys ever get tired of tom wow. and jerry find the russian version with the wolf that and was the rabbit repressed memory it's um <laughs> <laughs> it's fun okay it gets like really brutal sometimes it reminds me of the um the series that bart simpson watches all the time <laughs> exactly that yeah but basically um i grew up very closeted from Mm. like the rest of the world because i just was i I was living in this homogenous country in a very small town um thankfully i was gifted with learning languages quickly yeah so i was really good at english it was like my number one um subject in school so i just focused on that um and I went to school to become an English teacher. Um, mm. And while, so after that, uh, you know, after I got into the university and I got into this uh, program, a whole bunch of doors just opened to me. And I was really? able to go to Turkey for a year as part of my bachelor program. Where in Turkey? In Trabzon. Um, it's a very small town, again. <laughs> it's not that small. Yeah. But it's not well known because it's like on the east um, by the Black Sea. So it's not like touristy spot um it's very traditional Mm -hmm. also um very nationalistic i would Mm -hmm. say as well um and uh going into turkey i was very um you know coming from czech republic homogenous country Mm -hmm. um no crescents allowed to (laughs) so i was kind of like really opening my eyes to the muslim world for the first time Mm -hmm. you know because all i know about muslims was basically from the TV. So mm-hmm. all you pork. see is the news, yeah. the violence, etc. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I like, just like met a bunch of, fr- like made a bunch of friends in my class. And like, everybody was just inviting me for dinners all the time. I was mm-hmm. literally just going from one house to another because everybody's so hospitable. Oh, I and love so it. warm. Yeah. yeah um, and so that basically was 
a culture shock for me uh, mm-hmm. where I literally had to like look inside and be like okay everything that I thought or knew is completely wrong yeah and I just had mm-hmm. to like relearn how to be a human being <laughs> in the world did yeah. you um, realize for that did you realize that you could start picking and choosing how you lived for um, based off of that yes okay yeah I mean it was also like the first time that I was living alone without my family without my mom doing my laundry and things like that you know like yeah. to learn how to cook for myself it was it was a whole bunch of like new things that I had to do for myself it was mm-hmm. like my first adult experience yes and I was 20 um so yeah yeah were you scared like I, I mean knowing that Crescents are not allowed in Czech and everything. I mean, the country, <laughs> the, the country that you picked is Turkey. Like, were you not like scared and like people, um, but like, were you worried like living in just a different country that you don't know? Just I specifically, altogether? so I had many options to go. Um, I could go to France. I could go to Norway. I could go to Greece. I went to Turkey specifically because I wanted something different. Like, mm-hmm. out of like I zone. specifically wanted to be in a country, like as far away as possible. Gotcha, gotcha. That kind of hits different too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Checking because as as diverse as Europe is, um, I think that there's also like a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, stamp. And and so I just I just really wanted a whole different thing, and I th- I really thought that you know there's like a lot of stigma, damn near hate. Uh, towards um, Islam mm-hmm. yes. in Europe, and so I, I just, you know, wanted to make my own mind about that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So that was a great experience for me that really like formed who I am. But then I came back home. Mm-hmm. And it was another culture shock because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was in Turkey, you know, like, come on, <laughs> like, you know, you have to listen to me because I know what's up. But I, I was kind of like. I pushed away my parents because I they didn't get it when mm. I tried to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point I definitely got a tone where like they wouldn't try to listen to me yeah. when I like try to talk to them about these things. Uh, we definitely developed different political opinions, um, philosophical opinions. Makes sense. So we kind of fell apart and then eventually just met halfway when, you know, I got back home, like after I was back assimilated into my own culture, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just, I can, I'm just going to give this a pass, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And then I'm, and then after I was done with school, oh, in my um, cool. master's program, okay. oh my God, <laughs> in my master's program, I got to go to Texas for the first time. That was my first experience in the United How States. Texas, I lived in Waco, Waco, Texas. Not Dallas. Is that BFE? Austin. I lived in Waco. That's like as Texas as you can get. As, as. <laughs> like, like, if you want to know what Texas is. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. I loved, I loved Texas, but it was also really fucking weird. It's Texas. <laughs> like coming to America, like coming to New York and Chicago is a different thing, but like coming to like, you went to there. Midwest. I <laughs> did. Um, so Texas was fun. Um, I met a lot of, um, I guess, important people, I would say, because um, I was on like a scholarship program where they would just, it was a presidential scholarship um, and they would have us meet with like different, like Senator, senator of Texas or like the Governor, representatives, mayor, yeah. you know. Um, and they had like these presentations. One was about American exceptionalism which was fucking insane 
and I had many questions afterwards and then I like ran out of the room oh wow I was so angry oh wow <laughs> because that was like peak peak Marika you know what I mean mm. where I was like I have no I will not tolerate this and I left um and that was like this guy I think that the only reason why they allow him to go and make his speech is because he like donates a bunch of money to that college. Mm, gotcha. But I was just like, this is propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> and people, you know what? I feel like, and no question for, for later, did you guys realize I feel, um, that you could peep the American propaganda much easier because you've lived abroad and then you realize that every country has propaganda. So you're just every like... Every country has propaganda. Mm -hmm. And no one wants to realize it. Yeah. And that is the most shocking thing that I've learned. And is that the same for you? Yeah. Yes. I think that I learned to recognize propaganda after I moved home from Turkey. Mm -hmm. Because I feel mm -hmm. like I kind of got indoctrinated by the Turkish propaganda. Mm -hmm. Turkish people are also very nationalistic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just kind of like through the hospitality and like the generosity and love of everyone, I just really got into like, oh, Turkey can do nothing wrong. But then, you know, you learn again over time. I mean, like you lo look more into the history and you're like, mm -hmm. The things that you think that you did, well, you actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we forget this massacre and this one and this yeah. one in every country? Yeah, every country. And and so, yeah. So then, like when I was in 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 Texas and like you know all these like different things were being fed to me, and I was like, I've been there. I'm not gonna trust it this time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, then I went back to graduate, and then I went back again, and I ended up in Indiana. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, you met like, normies, and yeah. here we are. I feel are. like that's either if you're either born here or you end up here. No one was like, I came I like, to Indianapolis. Yeah, I de definitely wasn't my choice. Um, I came here as an au pair, which is a cultural exchange program where I basically stayed with this family that I matched um, with online. Mm -hmm. It's like Tinder for nannies, mm -hmm. where you talk to the family first, and they're like, okay, we can hit it off. You want to do with your kid? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take care of yeah. um, And then, you know, and then uh, I, I moved here, and then I literally met Chris like three, two weeks later, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, yeah. So that is my experience. I am an American citizen mm -hmm. now. Um, this is new. Like, I've been an American citizen since November of nice. last year. I was able to vote. Yeehaw! I voted him out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's it. Like, I love it. <laughs> but your idea, like, yeah, your question on, like, yeah, being a bilet, um propaganda, that is for sure. Like, I think people mm -hmm. who don't realize it is because you have always listen to one thing like mm -hmm. if you're yes. there and i don't think it's your fault it's just like if you've never ventured out you don't know what other people that's think. the point of propaganda uh, if, i think mm -hmm. it's their fault like oh, I, th i think it's your fault because there's I, the internet yeah, there, yeah. no no no, yeah. no. Oh. I, I don't think that's enough because internet in, in in so i think that when you're born you're born into like a bubble yes and that is not your fault yeah. this is this is just like as you grow you learn more things and then eventually you may want to venture out and so you do that and then like for me i definitely lived in a bubble like mm -hmm. i i was a certain way and then the bubble was burst when i moved to turkey but then i enveloped myself in a whole different bubble yeah and then i had to burst it again and every time it was a very painful experience for me i feel like that's what life is yeah Cycles. but 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 there's i think that if you are unwilling to go through that process of acknowledging that maybe you had a wrong opinion on something then yes, how yeah. are we ever going to move forward 
how are we gonna learn each other like how are we gonna exactly. like understand each other and i think the worst for me is even when people do venture off like i know so many people who have moved countries and they're still a very strict to what they know because they it was find like, another bubble in it or they just yes, don't engage yeah, and, that yeah. blows and my they mind. find the bubble i was like how like you are in a different country what you believed in when you were there like it's not even same we like means nothing do you not understand why we did specific things and that things don't mean anything anymore but did you like th- that blows my mind because even when soldiers would come to europe and be like i hated europe there's nothing to do and i'm oh like oh my god i was like ryanair's 30 euro you can yes, go to any country anywhere round trip yeah. and you can get Ryanair. you a cute little hostel for 64 euro if you want to splurge and then that up like it blows my mind um especially for that and i think that is either that you are taught habits and i do appreciate my parents a lot because they they were very acting on they taught us how to adapt, mm-hmm. how to be like, hey, the, you, uh, um, every culture is kind of the same. It's like how, um, once you go to one town, you can go to the mall. Yeah. Every town has a plaza. Every mm-hmm. town has a, well, usually in, outside of um, America, has a central <laughs> bus system or a central public uh-huh. system yeah. that you can go to. You know where you can get maps are. You know there's going to be probably a Chinese district because they're. I love that. Um, in, um, Paris, we live there the 13th. Cheapest produce, do that. Mm. Um, but it. if you're not indoctrinated to go and seek out things to also comfortably go and venture out with things, uh, you were, we won't do that in the future. So yeah. it always, one thing I find in every country, but more so in America because it's so large and you can drive for three days and still be in the same country, even in the same state, mm-hmm. is that people are not taught to venture out. They're not taught to go get your passport. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like because we're such a big country, mm-hmm. you don't need to. Yeah, Because exactly. like, you're not popping, you don't accidentally go into Luxembourg trying to go to the grocery store for 20 minutes and not have, and, don't, and, and have your passport and tell a cop like, hey, no, I'm traveling through here. I'm trying to go to France to this one store that's right over the border. <laughs> like, Can you there. give me directions? And they're like, oh, you're 10 minutes away. It's this, this, and this from a different country. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love I miss it. that experience a lot. I yeah. love it. Me too. No, that, that is true. America because very big like yeah right. takes days to go across but one thing i will say though and one thing that i appreciate being an american going through the world is that we're very much taught i saw i was reading this reddit and i was like oh this is hilarious like oh, i'm a european and i went to america and one thing i loved about america is that it's so easy to make friends well all, really all you have to do is just be in an american's eyesight and they're like hey what's up (laughs) (laughs) i like your shoes and i I really love that a lot because that um that the barrier of me having to ask people to be friends is not really there and i Mm. I appreciate that american naivete that like everyone's my friend what do you mean but also being cautious of course (laughs) not doing stupid things but it's like let's be friends let's go get lunch and i i like that a lot no for sure for sure Ooh, what are they? Any, what are you saying? I'm like comments? trying to catch up with the chat because yeah, it's very, very far on the side. Oh, cool, cool. Um, I will ch- review the chat a little later, guys, once I get my eyes on it. Um, so we talked about where we're from, our identities. Oh, do you guys feel like like you have good kind of grasp on like where you're from um, or like? I'm a, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this. What's home for you? Yeah. Like, n- not even what's home for you. Yeah, maybe. What, like, what's home for you in terms of, like, your culture? 
you yeah. know what I mean? Like, do you feel like living in a country like the United States, which is obviously very multicultural, which mm. is not a, not a bad thing? It's like a tossed salad, not a melting pot. Yeah, it's yeah. a tossed salad. There's like salad stamps for sure. of places. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like we, they want to be multicultural very bad, badly. But I, this is probably uh, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. America's not as multicultural <laughs> as it wants, it thinks. Like New York, I feel like it's succeeding because that oh, is a... Yes. It is... There are pockets of multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But it's not everywhere. And it's near a tourist hub. And I feel like the more a state... Um, and more so, I'm, I'm speaking of New York City and not the state, but if they go out, the more a place is used to tourists, the more actually multicultural it'll be because it is more money-wise. And then that's what you'll have people have menus in three different languages, which I, um, I, I've yet to see in Indianapolis, but it's very common abroad because they are aware that there's different languages in there. Like having a menu here, most of it's all in English. I'm used to having menus like, okay, this is the English one, this is the French one, this is the German one, this is the Russian one. And whatever you, the tourists that usually come through that area, mm-hmm. those yeah. are all those three. And I think that's what it is, right? That's where the difference between like melting pot and just, we, America is tolerant of other cultures. I wouldn't how even go feel, that far there. I like, wouldn't even I, go there. First of all, how do you feel about the word tolerance? Because it's like, Tolerance is not acceptance. Tolerance is you're annoying me, but I will leave you alone. Yes, yeah, you because know, like, a better way we, and that's that. not good. No, because <laughs> we did not realize how much, like, I guess I did realize how racism there was, but not until like very recent years, years when people were very blatantly open about it. And I think that just kind of showed like, hey, you here, you look different, you speak different language, that is fine. But in the end of the day, you need to know English to live yes. through America. And they will not learn the languages in other countries rarely. They will oh. not. And like, and knowing that Spanish is such a big speaking community, like I don't know Spanish, but I wish I knew because it is like it would help me so much going through America. But mm-hmm. just simply like having menus in two different like languages, instructions in two different languages. To, yeah, like welcome or things like I. I am seeing that more often than not. Like sometimes I will go somewhere and they will like have an instruction in like five different languages and like, oh, Hindi is one of them. Like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like you yes. understand because the thing is you need to know what big community live like is in your area True. and you need to make sure that whatever you have is accessible to everybody because mm-hmm. not everything is accessible to everything, everyone. Yeah. And like government doesn't work properly because not everybody can access the services that the government has and mm-hmm. there's not that effort there to be like hey we're gonna make sure the people who need it are able to get it not like the thing that always bothered me i i, wor- I work in government like i don't work in government i indirectly do work with government to. um so there will be like services providing to the minority community but it's services in english and it's all services being provided to the minority community, to the older generation, mm-hmm. but it all online. Like, how yes. are they supposed to apply for these services online when they don't might not have ser- like they don't know how yeah. to work computer and yes, yeah. not giving them options in their language. Like, there's a huge Sudanese population in here, and I was like, I haven't seen any French. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen any. We so. have huge like Burmese refugee population you in no Indiana, idea. biggest. Yeah. Sinhalese. I, yeah, I'm not. Like the largest population outside of Burma. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that information, like, that information I did not know until, like, I was working for that community for, like, very brief of times. Like, I had no idea we had this big. So it's like, we, we tolerate, like, I will say, like, we are tolerant, but we are not happy to change our way we are doing it mm-hmm. to adapt. It's not yep. inclusive. Else. It's not, it's not acceptance. Inclusive. It's not acceptance. It's not inclusion. I want to say that I, I think that I'm the only person who went through, like, the immigration paperwork. My mother did, too, so we're very familiar. <laughs> yeah, I had to basically just do it too. all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank thank God I had full, like, fluent English mm-hmm. at the time that I could go through the fucking 30 pages or however long the document was to fill it out by myself. Because yeah. if I'd had to pay anyone to help me, a lawyer, translator, anybody, it's such a charge. just the, the just submitting the paperwork with doing it all by myself uh, was I, I to become from like applying for visa to become a citizen. I probably paid over five thousand dollars. Yes, mm-hmm. and people don't talk about how expensive it is. They're just like, it's, be a citizen. You're like, no, it's ridiculous. It's Not anybody can afford that. Expensive and it's so long. And like you, like I forever. actually help apply for my mom because she wasn't a citizen. I help apply for my like my fam, not my family, like my cousins and my uncle yeah. and aunts because they didn't know English that well. So I had to help them navigate mm-hmm. while I was like teenager trying to figure out all these documentation. They're so difficult. Again, they do not make it easy for no. people to be able to get the services that are there. And I had to like, like you have to go through so many pages and then like you have to apply. Like if you were to find this, this 10 forms, pick this. Yeah. Like if, the, if it was easy to fill out, like I, I even with like, you know, I can understand what I'm reading, but I still don't know what I'm supposed to fill out here. Because it's like it's written, it's made complicated on purpose, mm-hmm. so that you actually need to use an attorney. And then, yeah. like on top of the five thousand or so that I already had to pay, I would have to pay an additional like thousands of dollars if I needed lo- if I needed legal help, if I needed uh, any kind of clarification from anybody. I ended up going to this one church because I was really confused um, at the beginning of this whole process, uh, where they were giving like um, advice on these things. Uh, not pro bono, but it was like $50 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I spent like 30 minutes with his lawyer and I was like, <sighs> I had like 20 questions. I was like, just be very, very brief because this is what I have. I have these yeah. $40. Yeah, I've been minutes. saving these $40. For yeah. this. So, you know, answer all my questions so I can leave. It's... Also, can we talk awful. about churches are hilariously the unsung heroes of immigration? Oh my God. Because they, they really... Because to, to go any place and also mosques and synagogues, let me tell you, if you want a friend that helps take care of you, just lump it in or, or have a friend of each religion because the food's great. Um, and when I was going to France, well, my, my friend was um, Muslim, so we went to her mosque and mm-hmm. it was all cute. And also, thankfully for my mom, she had a green card and was married to my father and also had three American kids. Yeah, yeah. So they can showcase that like it wasn't fake <laughs> and she can go into the process. So I'm happy that she became a citizen. But for her, she was going into the naturalization. And unfortunately, France is very xenophobic, especially with Muslim um, immigrants. But you would go and it would be just the whole thing was emptied. They would be, there was chairs there. They had free French classes. They had free uh, people oh, who nice. were like, oh, no, I work in immigration. What do you need? And they'll set up their dossiers because a lot of the things when you met there, there was a huge blockade because they won't help you. They'll just be like, there's this one document on this one place you have to get it that's on the other side of the city that you didn't get it and we're closing in 20 minutes and we're not waiting. You have mm-hmm. to wait another three months to go and do whatever. And yeah. it was very, yeah. very annoying. Yeah. And you try to fill out things in France. Like it was um, uh, yeah. not as... Um, 
not very mm-hmm. <laughs> helpful to someone who is not fluent. Mm-hmm. But it was it was very eye opening, and especially though my mom. It was a brief for her because she grew up in America and it was something I didn't think about for a while because I'm like, mom, you have a green card and you have a, she had a long-term residency because it's with my father. It was like, oh no, you got help because she could showcase her family was there. If you're not married or dating someone of that country too, it makes it much harder. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that. Like France will be like, if you date someone who's not French, they'll deny you certain things. Just be like, well, you're not into the culture. I don't think you're really here for French. Yeah, they're very finicky. Wow. it's insane. You're, French people are very, again, very nationalistic. Or I should say Parisians. I was very specific. Like, New Yorkers are not U.S. Parisians. Y'all know yourselves. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, going back to what you said, like, about churches, I will say, like, like Gurdwara, like, in the Sikh temple, um, if you are in the process of getting the help, find yourself a church because the, the community there, like yes. you may not have to be super religious. And I will like, I kind of want to talk about religion as well. Yes. Um, but they, they, there are a group of people there that will help you. Like, I, I mean, they do. That's also a best way to get into a community. But mm-hmm. be careful. You might end up being in the same bubble that you just left. So yes. mm-hmm. they are very helpful on like providing services and stuff. But just be very Make a careful. wide group of friends. Yes. And um, one thing, though, in circling back to it, I'm curious of what do you define yourself by the standards that your family has put on for your culture? Because for me, I feel like it's a bounty pot and I have a I'm very used to having a chosen family. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, like I really will pick up my setup for or my identity, whomever it is. I know I do identify myself as a cultural chameleon to a point because I know my American just jumps out and I'm like, huh, you got to help me out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. Let me know if this is ignorant. Like I have those friends for that, um, which I appreciate. But I don't define myself completely as an American. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm very much, there's a lot of European habits yeah. that I've kept. So like, especially like, as you see, yeah. no bras. It's more of the human body is <laughs> just the human body, dude. Let's yeah. all go and shower in a pool. And um, <laughs> just re- um, teaching, uh, what is it called? Teaching proper use of alcohol rather than barring oh it Oh my age. God. Oh or some of the habits God. that I've That's like the worst in America. I... People go crazy. I hate going to college bars. Dude. But I love... Um, <laughs> and I've hated it even yeah. when I was 25 and I was here for the first time. I was like, yeah. I know how to drink. How do you... No. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why do you keep <laughs> drinking to throw up? Like, can we like get that together? I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, don't talk about it. And then like, that's what it's like. I never learned to grow up like about alcohol against it. But at the same time, it's like, okay... I think there's a better way to go about so this. So I, I, I want to stir a little bit away from this because we were talking about a lot of like the external like bo- barriers for people to yes. you know m- migrate and stuff. But I do want to go back internal yeah. uh, yes. and talk about our experiences. And you hinted <laughs> a little bit about wanting to talk about religion. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like yes. how many secrets do you guys keep from your family for religious reasons, for, you know, just acceptance in any other Dude. regard? My parents still don't know real me. I will just say straight up and be honest about that. <laughs> like growing up in India, that was a different thing. Everybody was like same, very homogenous culture as well. Um, there weren't that many secrets because there wasn't much to do. But when we moved here, it, I moved in high school. High school was still trying to figure out what is high school is because the first thing when we came here and my mom t- sat me down and was like, "You are gonna go to school to study. That's it." You're going to go to school to study. 
you can make friends, but that's it. And I, and then you need to be married the next day as soon as you graduate. <laughs> and I don't know marriage what babies. She, I really don't know what she was trying to get at because I was like, oh, what else am I gonna do in high school? Like, of course I'm gonna study. Um, but then later on, like, okay, the dating thing because we're not taught dating in at India all. at all. But you know it exactly. And I'm like, dating is not a thing in India, so that was obviously what she was getting at. I was like, don't do anything, like, don't date people, blah blah blah. So I didn't really realize like try to get into that culture when I moved by myself in college. Um, so when I was in college, that's a different thing. I don't tell my parents anything. But like when I was home, if I wanted to go out, um, going out, if I, I would tell my parents I was going into my friend's place. Mm-hmm. I stayed at Yasmin's place all the time and I barely saw that girl. Um, like it was That's just a so, true friend. <laughs> and she knew and her mom knew. So they knew like if you called, they'd be like, yep, they're here. Um, I love that. Like, even now, like she's not even in the country. Like there was a while that she wasn't in the country. I was like, I'm going to still go stay at her place. Like she's not even here. Um, like, the other one, like dressing up, like we, like Indians dress very conservatively mm-hmm. um, as a younger. So like there has been instances I walked out with like full sleeve shirts and jeans and then I went to a restaurant and changed the shorts. Um, wow. So um, that was a very common thing. That's a very common thing still with Indian girls. Yes. Um, oh, do you? Very common. Thing. And is it the one thing also is you always have that friends whose parents are down. I don't know how it is. There's always that one like parents who like got out the bubble, yeah. but they're kind of yeah. still in it. Then they're here to be like, yeah, do whatever you want. Dude, <laughs> I didn't. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Like, like the friend that just me I'm talking about, like she's a half brown, like a half um, Palestinian and half American. So that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But I never like met a family who was completely down until like very recently when I met Serge and his family was completely down. I was like, where were you guys? I like, I would have totally, I will totally have vibed with you guys. But I didn't like. Uh, I guess it was also because I was so. I was so careful that I didn't want other brown people to know that I was lying to my parents to be like staying away. So then, because community is very small, they talk. Yeah, um, the gossip is yeah. part of the church. Gossip is heavy. <laughs> um, so true. So I like yeah, and it wasn't like I was doing hardcore drugs or whatever. So I wasn't like lying to my parents and going doing line of coke. It was like <laughs> literally I was lying to my parents and going out and having friends, like having fun yes. with my friends. Yeah. Um, maybe having a drink or two. Um, like just stupid teenager shit. Um, like and like even now, I guess like I'm just (laughs) (laughs) like I just I feel like I gone so me and my siblings gone so used to like lying, and it wasn't because we were hiding stuff to my parents, but omitting because sometimes it was just easier to tell them what we were not doing than to have the whole conversation and fight about it because we'll fight about it. I will win because for God's sake, I'm an adult. Um, but it's just one of those things. I'm going to leave and go to my home. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm about myself. I was like, what are you going to do about it? But they was like, I don't want to come home to my parents and be mad at me when I can mm-hmm. all be tell them like, I'm going to go hang out with my friend and that's where we're going to leave it. Um, so it, it, it's something that I had to unlearn very recently to not tell lie, like be very honest to my parents because what they're going to do. I live by myself. What are you going to tell me? Like, not live at a home? Like, okay, then I'm going to leave. Um, but it's just, it, it's been, like, that was just so easier to, like, not have that fight, just to lie to them, to them, like, okay, I'm going to be honest because it's better that you know what I'm doing than not know because I could get a, you know. I just don't want to deal with it. Exactly. That was a thing. Like, I just didn't want to deal with it when I was growing up. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. And also, like, I know what I'm doing. But the thing was, 
my brother was younger so when he was growing up and he was going through the same thing and i was like hey i know you're gonna go out and drink if you need somebody to pick you up me me. call me call me call me and like i will come pick you up because i know the shit that you're going to and like it's just gonna happen but you know what the shittiest part was he's a guy he's a guy Mm. dude no there was a time when my dad sat down and talked to him be like hey if you get too drunk and you can't drive, call me. And I got so <laughs> I would have lost my I lid. I got so pissed. I was so annoyed. I was like, this offer was never like, like girls are not even allowed to drink. So like I cannot drink Where in front of my parents. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> not only that you guys were not happy with me drinking, but you never gave me an offer to like you will come pick me up if I ever got that drunk. So I never got that drunk that somebody had to come pick me up. But still. Mm. I feel like that's, that's a whole thing. That's older sister struggles, and especially being God. with so many cultures. Because my mom, um, growing up in Jamaica, people don't know it is very religious. Um, and so when we first growing up, like my mom was a pantyhose mom, like we yeah. wore pantyhose and a skirt and go to and go to church. I want to stop wearing pantyhose. It was a whole thing, <laughs> uh, and that was basically from her um, from my grandmother. But that was one as they gotten older, like they've gotten so lean. Like I, I give them shit all the yeah. time, and I love them too. And I, I'm also like, um, why are my siblings cursing before they're 18 in your house? Yeah, I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, sir, who are you? Are you guys aliens? My mom was like, ah, after you came out so well, we realized we can loosen up, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you know how you struggle we have to deal with. That's I'm hilarious. Like, like paved the way. I'm like, no, we need a talking to or something. You're like, oh well, haha. I'm like, that's the stuff that they do. It was hilarious. I think my, my my I think my brother and sister broke something that I knew was like important to my parents. Oh no, my brother wrecked my father's car that he loved that he got as an officer. Boy, I got a slap on the wrist. I'm like, if I broke down my your car, God. it would have been totally different. They're so friendly to my siblings and to the point where I'm like, I, oh my goodness, every time. Now <laughs> I'm just like, I need it. I'm like, I demand a shot every time they do something. I'm like, no, you give me liquor. I need some type of compensation for this. Yeah, this like, seriously. No sense. I will ask for money. <laughs> I, I just start asking for money. Put money in my trust fund every time you let go of the things with my parents, like my siblings. Put it in my 401k. I, this is the <laughs> link. Seriously, like, like no I didn't, like, I didn't know if it was like, I know my brother got a special treatment because he was a guy from in brown culture. It's definitely that. Yeah, also. <laughs> and also he was the youngest. So like the shit that we went through, like had to deal with. You guys paved the way for him to no, gallivant. Like, honestly, do you think that if it was like a youngest girl that she would get that kind of I will think so because I've met a few families who like she have would gone be allowed to, to drink and then your dad would pick her oh, up. Oh god no. Okay. No, no. That thing That's wouldn't have. About. No, but I think like my parents had like been was he they were here for a while to learn like the things through us through me and my What's sister okay. was actually normal yeah and i mean they got very lenient with him not very lenient there were things like obviously they were not okay with him. <laughs> bless you bless you like my mom was never okay with him drinking my mom's not okay with any of us drinking and we are just like mom mm-hmm. it's it's fine it's it's not bad like we're not going drunk but it does just I was to your sister's wedding and everybody was drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. My mom will look at like, look at me and she'll be like, no. Like, we went out for vacation. We all ordered beer. Dude, you don't know how liberating it is to go out with your family and order a drink. Yo, when you they, all get day turn. Yeah. Like, I got day drunk for the first time. I've never gone day turn with my parents. That would be a whole different story. You know, it's story. funny. Hilarious. I have, like, a completely different experience with this What's because... Like, alcohol specifically beer is just an integral part of 
our culture yeah and so is like this homemade moonshine thing that you know everybody has you have to always moonshine. taste everyone's thing i love it every time you go to someone's house like everybody ends up being shit-faced all the time <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. i actually like when i like you know again i lived in turkey i didn't i drank a little bit but i just kind of like grew out of it like it kind of became boring at some point to drink and so and i came back like a changed person and i was like like i don't want to drink yeah and then like my my brother actually like developed like a problem with alcohol and i was like hey guys like are, are we not gonna like address this like mm-hmm. talk about it he's yeah. like he he like one day like he couldn't walk coming home like his friends were dragging him and then like put him into the elevator and pushed four where we lived and then left and like he just like like rolled out of the elevator just like as the door opened he was just like mm. and i was like okay I this, mean, is, true friends this is carry fine. you to your this bed this is fine yeah <laughs> like how is this okay um and like me and my parents were like in like a real like the alcohol was the biggest conflict we've ever had with each other yeah because i after that happened um after i saw my brother like that i just stopped drinking as a form of protest for them to acknowledge that my brother has a problem and that he needs to deal with it and they were just like no this is this is fine mm-hmm. and i was just like it's not okay that's interesting um and so like this is a complete different, different yeah um like, you know where like my parents were so scared that i would become a muslim or that i would just like be so gone from being like as czech as possible I love yeah it. that they were just like do you wear drink hair this just to, to scare them not even drink the this for me do you start just putting scarves near your head i was i was fucking with them a lot oh but God. um it's uh, which direction is mecca bitch? That's it's so weird that like yeah. they have these different that's like very opposite like yeah and my mom my was so scared i was gonna be best friend like don't drink my parents are still waiting for the day they will see me shit-faced like they have not and one time i got drunk when i was like a teenager and yeah. i like threw up and shit like that when i didn't know what to do with alcohol yeah i was staying at my at, at my friend's house yeah and her parents like were the ones to like see me like that yeah and they like you know helped me get over it and then like i went home and i didn't tell my parents that that happened and i felt like shit still like i didn't talk to them about it and then i had this whole like person in the transition and change and then like i just stopped drinking and they're still waiting for the day to see me drunk they like always offer me alcohol and i'm like thank you yes because they're trying to get me shit face and they're also compensating that's so interesting that is hilarious because i think the only person out of my entire family who they've seen shit face was my sister and it was like the first time like she drank drink and she got so drunk that they called me mm-hmm. and laughed they thought it was so funny <laughs> and i usually like my go-to drunk call is my mother wow i'll be lit. I'm like mom what you doing she's like i'm at home sweetie what are you doing i'm like i'm getting lit <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, I hope you're, like, where are you? Because we have Life 360, so she knows where I am at all times. Yeah. But that's hilarious. Usually it's me calling them because they don't tell me when they travel now. Yeah. And I catch them, like, what are you guys doing? I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah, hey, kids. You didn't give me, I'm like, you didn't, I didn't ask for my permission for you to leave the state. Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> no, mine's, like, completely opposite. Like, alcohol is a very big deal still. Like, I don't think my parents will never see me shit-faced. It's just never gonna be a thing at all. Um, I don't know about KB, like my brother, um, but it's just, I remember when my sister got shit-faced when she was younger, 
Um, very big deal. She got in a huge trouble. That was very scary. I wasn't home. How old was she? Um, she was in college. That's I know. <laughs> um, like, it was a very big deal. And then I think there was a one time my brother got shit faced, and that was a big deal as well. And then my mom was like, "Go talk to him." While I'm like. <laughs> What do you want me to say? Don't drink. <laughs> like, nah, I'm like, I didn't get this responsibility. That's all you. Yeah, that's um, it's horrible. But like, it's one of those things. Like, I've always been a good daughter, and I mean, vaccines. You guys know how I am. But like, <laughs> that's always just like, okay, uh, yeah. I'm gonna play that part. Um, and unconsciously, I'm like still trying to get over that fact. Mm-hmm. But it's just yeah, alcohol is a um, big deal. Yeah, I I do want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. Um, yes. because we are running out of time, so I want to just give it a couple minutes. What were the like expectations from your parents in terms of like your education, and has it been affected by your culture? Huh? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I was the first kid, so my mom was like college, but now she's like, your brother may not go to college. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> no, everyone gets into debt now. But like, yeah, the first kid. <laughs> like she's very much because like, she'd always say like, you're the first. So uh, I'm like, this is not. These are not good arguments. No. Uh-huh. Though I'm glad that I did. And, uh, and so was it college specifically or was it like you have to go to college for this? No, not even a degree. They were like, you need to graduate from college because uh, my parents <laughs> had me sophomore year of theirs. And then they recently finished the degree about like six or seven years ago Okay, or 10. I know. I'm not sure if my mom became a citizen. I think my mom became a citizen and got her degree like within those years. My dad did the similar thing because the military paid for it. Um, but there was a very much an expectation. I went to college. They wanted me to go to the college that they, they met at FAMU because my, my father's family loves that college and mm-hmm. they were greatly disappointed when I chose not to. Mm-hmm. But that was just the main thing. Go to college. My mom was like, just be respectful because um, he was a higher ranking officer and ran. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a commander of uh, shenanigans. And so I had to have that expectation of it. But that was the main thing. It was like, definitely go to college. Um, don't have a baby. That was very much. She was like, "You're gonna get birth control." I'm so sorry. This is like the one thing that like this is not a choice. Yeah, pick a birth sense. control. Here's the this, the yeah, research the options. <laughs> nice. But that was about it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, mine. Yeah, I mean, as a brown, I was only supposed to be either doctor or engineer. There was only two options that I was supposed to be, and I think every every decision I've made since I was a kid was to stay away from stereotype of female and stereotype of like brown person. Yes. Like I went to college and I did not want to do anything in medical, nothing in engineering. So I was like, I will do a criminal justice. And like looking back at it, well, that was the stupidest degree I've ever decided to do. Um, because you can't really do much with it besides like really going into like law enforcement. And I mean, I also did a psychology major, but I'm happy with that. I did a master in business, but I was so against with doing anything medical engineering. Um, mm. and just like I didn't want and also like just didn't want to and the other expectation my parents were like you done with your study and then you get married I'm 30 years old then and like why not. why do you go to school in the first place that's exactly and I was like and I, my, my parents then like just started asking when I was done with college like okay like when are you getting married and I kept giving them two years like don't ask me in two years and then I was like What's the point of me studying my whole life if I'm not going to use it? Or just, like, give me the money for a wedding and I'll figure it out. I just... Just give me the funds. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just, like, a whole wedding concept. Like, I just didn't get it. Because for me, like, I understand, like, I can make the wedding whatever it needs to be. But for me, living as a stereotypical... Not me living... But, like, looking as growing up with a stereotypical brown parents and... I lived 10 years in India seeing how the couples are, where how the mm-hmm. females are treated and how males are. It's like, 
why would I want this? Why yeah. would I ever want this? Why yeah. does like, people want to be married so hard? Cause like, like, I'm like, I've seen marriage. Yeah. And like, now I guess. You guys are great. We, no, you guys yeah. are great. Let's, let's <laughs> be clear. No, you guys are married. It's been a light, a beacon in the tunnel. But the modern, <laughs> like, the modern marriages are different. Like, you can make it what you want to be. But like, for the brown culture, the way I was growing up was like, every brown couple or brown, like my parents, my uncle and aunt, whoever I was seeing married, does not appeal me. It does yeah. not make no me feel happy. happy. Yeah, it does not make me feel happy. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you guys only together, some of you guys, because of your kids. And like sometimes you think like, oh, like your kids, like the best love that you had. Maybe you have something wrong with your husband that you, the kids are the best love that you had. But it's just yeah. like growing up and I, I was just so against everything. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I guess that's where I struggle with the cultural thing, like trying to mix it together. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not that I'm Western. It's not that I'm American. I just I don't want a stereotypical brown relationship and a stereotypical yes. like mm-hmm. brown doctor yeah. or engineer. Don't. Yeah, like all that stuff. Like actually, I, from what you're saying, and apologies, I do remember there was an expectation similar to that, but it was not to be ghetto. That mm. was like more of it because like my dad would say, and probably gonna say here, he was like, really, if you like, if you have bad grades and stuff, they're just look at you as another unfortunate mm-hmm. uh, unfor- uh, n word. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so it was that was one of the biggest pressures for that. It was um, academic success, but also not everyone in my family is equally academic, succeeding in certain parts. Yeah. So they they adjusted their expectations to each child, mm-hmm. but that was a, a main thing. It was very um, yeah. similar to that. But yeah. they weren't so hell bent on who I married, though. But the the whole going to college and doing that part, I fully understand. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, college so is not an option. I again had like a very opposite. Interesting. <laughs> well, okay. So the expectations for me became very like high mm-hmm. once I got accepted to like a good high school in my town. Mm. Um, Do you guys have the three levels like in Germany? Like if you're dumb at elementary school, they ship you to like a trade school? Yeah. And then if you're- Yeah, we have trade schools and then uh, we have like business schools um, and then we have like general schools, general high school, which is basically just a preparatory high school for college. So like it's the best education you can get, but if you don't go to college afterwards, it's absolutely useless. And so really? you have this pressure of like, okay, so I have to graduate this, high, which is not guaranteed, by the way. You have to pass all of your tests to graduate. And then you have to pass the entrance test to university to get accepted. You, oh. So it's like at the age of 15, you have to decide on taking this risk yeah. that you will literally live with until you graduate at like the age of 25. You know, you have to make the choice insane. at 15. Yeah. Wow. Okay. At least you get the the choice of it because it's more so it's like no you're slotted like you have to fight to get yeah, to that level of yeah yeah well I was slotted I, they they were going to send me to like um, a trade school and I was kind of like nah so there there was a thing I, I was I went to like a really bad school um, primary and middle school where the teachers were absolute assholes and uh, my brother was not very academically gifted and so they judged me based off of his skill set and uh yeah and so i was just like always looped in with like the stupid kids and i was that's insane i know it was it was ridiculous um and i just had to like fight an uphill battle from like a very early age in school and I, that's why I hated school so much. Mm. Um, and then there was this one teacher, my math teacher, in eighth and ninth grade, that literally t- 
turn me around. Good. The, that teacher, if like she wasn't in my life, yeah, I would probably not speak English. I would probably work somewhere in a factory. I would have a miserable life. Damn. You know what I mean? I would not travel. Like I would not do all the things that I've done with my life if it wasn't for this person. So it really just take one person. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Dad. Um, yes. <laughs> Hello, Father. What um, would you like? <laughs> but I did want to say that because my parents were both from, um, you know, they have this remnants in their mindset uh, from communism because that mm-hmm. is where they grew up in. Mm-hmm. That um, that you know values hard work and. Um, education oftentimes or Doesn't science play, and yeah. education have been suppressed yeah basically for the sake of propaganda um and um they so they didn't go they don't have high education they're working uh factory jobs um uh, even though you know due to their tenure they're like higher up there uh but they still work in factories um and they just wanted better for me after they like realized that i can do it Mm -hmm. so then they really after i got to that high school then they were really pushing for me to to, like graduate but they will always hold it against me they will always hold my education against me every time i try to have an argument with with them this is why i love black widow because every time i try to have an argument with them they're like oh you think you're better because you're from you're with with the western Mm. propaganda and i'm like shut the fuck do you it know has nothing to do with it. Have you ever pivoted and be like, I don't think so, but if you think so, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, it's just a- such a trigger for me. Like they yeah. always say it to just like throw me off base. Yeah. And then I'm just like, this is working. Because Why did you do this? <laughs> because they don't have anything else to say. And I'm like, oh, do you, you think, think that so. with your education too? Sorry. I'm, oh, no, you're fine. That's it. I'm done. Um, and the last thing, do you appreciate that you are not a monolith? And understanding that we are also not yes. all monoliths, because I feel like a lot of people from the cultures that we come from, if you go back, they almost have a, there's almost like a hostility because you're not like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just as I am. Yeah. I appreciate it greatly. Um, and it makes me sad. Um, like, I, I always try to be like very friendly and have a, like an open, warm approach if I meet somebody that's very close minded and like try to like, talk them through why their opinions are wrong but if they no i like you always have to try to come from a point of sympathy but if in like 30 minutes to an hour you're still going in circles then then i'm out and i'm probably never gonna meet you again (laughs) yeah i feel like i've come across many times like when i do try to take that approach and if the other person realizes what they're saying is not correct they shut down and because so they have to ruminate yeah and i think that's where like the thing about like being outside your bubble is not only that you will end up changing your perspective it's because you're open to other perspective and you're mm-hmm. open to listening and be like okay yeah maybe yes. i am wrong. and you see it in practice and you hear that in conversation yeah, yeah. that's it's one thing to accept that you're wrong i appreciate yeah. that um, especially from coming out and the, the i do it over running at a time the one Ouch. thing i love is hearing in conversation oh i actually i didn't think about that like that oh okay i see what I you're saying that, yeah let me actually like, thank you for letting me know i need to go and think about that and then mm-hmm. you still continue conversation yeah and that i didn't realize until i left the u.s that was possible yeah. in conversation absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely um this we could guys. talk about this for hours oh but also, unfortunately you, abroad, <laughs> you will get you will bond over the relationship yeah. to america and yes, the world yes yes um <laughs> for sure we are running out of time but i didn't want to uh put a 
couple, couple plugs here before we leave. Plug, 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 plug. First plug is for <laughs> our book club, which we do every month. And there are actually two books uh, until the end of the year that will deal with this topic or similar oh. topics. One, um, our September pick is from Syed M. Masood called The Bad Muslim Discount. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I read that right. Um, and in November, we are going to be reading um, Chang Ray Lee, uh, A Year Abroad. Oh, can I hop in on that one? Yes. I like that She one. has another book that was really good, actually. Um, yeah. I haven't read any of her books. I do but have recommendations for next year, too, because reading yes. with Patrick, my professor at my university, wrote it. That, I think you guys would take good. all We're going to start on the calendar. Like yeah, we're going to start another, another calendar soon. Um, so, yeah, join us for those book clubs coming up if you want to you know, dive deeper into these topics and talk about your experiences in the chat. I'm sorry this time I didn't really have time to go through the chat because we were just talking, talking, talking. Um, also, I did mention this is the last episode of season one of this podcast. We will be back for season two, but I'm not sure when yet. However, in the meantime, the boys are going to entertain you with their own... <clears throat> that's him hitting that's Chris hitting that was his belly. Chris hitting his stomach ladies and gentlemen <laughs> unprovoked <laughs> with, uh, with are boys. you gonna do it <laughs> the boys. what is the name what is the name of your podcast I'm gonna be in that's town. the name of the podcast when you hear this sound you know that is the podcast name hey guys we're, we're bringing God. back uh, the podcast it, it uh, you might remember it as the uh, talking normies podcast but we're gonna be adding an extra twist and it's gonna involve us being mostly shirtless so I hope you guys Can are I excited come? for such a thing. It's beautiful. Give it up. So... Give it up for Chris and his stomach. <laughs> give it give up, it up for Chris and his stomach. Woo! Welcome to the stage. So Chris yes, keep joining us. We will keep bringing you guys new content. We'll oh, be back. Short musical content in between. And there yeah. will be short musical content in between from what I'm hearing. So, yeah, um, we are going to stay on Twitch. We just got our partnerships. Mm. Yay! <laughs> so we have to keep up the momentum. We will be here every day with different streams from gaming to watch parties to more podcasts. We yeah, just need to take a break with the Super Secret Girls Club, but there will be more coming. So stay tuned. Stay here. We are here to entertain you. And we will see you eventually next time. Bye. Bye. Are we rating? We, we are rating. Stay, oh, stay, stay on for rating. <laughs> Please. I always forget about that. For you. Super secret girls club.